Amen. I invite you to uh, pray with me. Heavenly Father, we gather here this morning and that are gathering in various forms present in, by live stream, we gather Jesus in your name. And we understand that when we gather in your name that you are in our midst, you come into our midst in a profound way by your Holy Spirit. And we understand that your Spirit, Holy Spirit, your will is to guide us and to teach us and to lead us into the truth. We understand that you testify to the name of Jesus. And Lord, as you have assembled us here this morning, we also understand that this is not the final destination for us as followers of Jesus, but we gather together in order to grow and share worship and praise together with you, but then also to go. And so, Lord Jesus, I pray that you will comfort those who are afflicted this morning, and I pray that you will afflict the comfortable. Lord, would we be a church, SEMC, that has an impact in our community, as we are missionaries, as we extend and amplify the character, your character of Jesus Christ where we are. Would you grant us vision, Lord, to see what you have for us, the mission that you have for us, that we would join you in the mission that you have for this region. We pray this in your matchless name. And as we pray together, we say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. My name is Gary. I'm one of the pastors here. It's wonderful to see you here this morning. I am reading two passages. The first is from Psalm 8. Psalm 8. O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babes and infants, you have founded a bulwark because of your foes to silence the enemy and avenger. When I look to your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, what are human beings that you are mindful of them? mortals that you care for them. Yet you have made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You have given them dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under their feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas." O oh Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And then Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 3, 
from the New Testament, Galatians, Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 3, starting at verse 7. Paul writes, of this gospel, I have become a servant according to the gift of God's grace that was given me by the working of his power. Although I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to me to bring to the Gentiles the news of the boundless riches of Christ and to make everyone see what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things so that through the church, the wisdom of God in its rich variety might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose that he has carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have access to God in boldness and confidence through faith in him. Amen. We read the word church in that passage in Ephesians. The Greek word is ecclesia. Ecclesiology is the theological word given to the study of understanding church. Ecclesia, the Greek word for church, only appears twice in the Gospels. But it appears many times in the book of Acts and also Paul's writing and in the book of Revelation. But church is confusing. What is church? We use a a lot of words and phrases. Uh, We are going to church. Recently, we've heard phrases like, uh, church is closed. Or, well, church is online. Or, I'm watching church. Or how about, uh, well, why don't we meet at church? These are very misleading phrases. And you might say, well, Gary, you know what I mean. But words are important. It's how we communicate and it's how we bestow meaning. You might hear a phrase like Mennonite food. And if you hear it often enough, you might be convinced that there is such a thing. You might even begin to use that phrase yourself. So what is church? Where is church? When is church? Who's a part of church? We wonder about these questions. SEMC, we have uh, a vision. We envision uh, what our church is meant to be like. Uh, The the vision could be summarized in this three-letter acronym, O-L-M. We envision an environment of openness with God and each other as we gather. We envision being more like Jesus as we grow. 
And we envision being missionaries where we live and around the world as we go. Is this what it means to be church? Is this still true of us? Why exactly does the church exist? What is the purpose of it? Humans have been uh, challenged and had difficulty understanding the makeup and the purpose of church from its inception. That's why so many of the books in the New Testament are letters to churches. There are difficulties and disruptions, there are schisms, there are splits, and it is, that is as common as church itself. And as a result, there are a variety of expressions. There are megachurches and home churches. There are highly formal churches and totally casual churches. There are startup churches and there are historic churches. And a plethora of denominations that are tracking them. And I'm probably just talking about Steinbeck. So what is church? This is the existential reality of church history. But the old is new again. Because this pandemic reveals in an acute way the state of fog we have in understanding what church is. What does it mean to be church? And it heightens the need for us to dig in and study and begin to respond and to these questions. The same set of questions could be asked about being human. What does it mean to be human? Maybe you were asking those questions when we were uh, essentially told to stay home and get isolated. Anthropology is the Word given to the study of human beings, but theological anthropology, uh, anthropology asks questions like, what is the purpose? What is the origin and nature of human beings? What is the destiny of human beings? So what does it mean to be human? There are a variety of expressions of what it means to be human in response to that question, especially in the last couple of decades. Being human and being church are intrinsically connected. They are interwoven. Our primary source for spiritual matters, for theological matters of the faith, the primary source is Scripture. And so over the course of this year, our theme for the year is being human, being church. And over the course of this year, we are going to dig into Scripture in order to begin to understand and to grow in understanding what it means to be human and what it means to be church. And our learning and our understanding will have immediate and practical applications for our lives. So we will begin next week with the book of Ephesians. And I want to invite you to read the book of Ephesians in its entirety at least once this week. It's six chapters, so you can do it. But read through the book of Ephesians this week. We will start next Sunday in the book of Ephesians, chapter 1.
Then when we get to Advent, we are going to explore the mystery of God in the manger. At the start of the new calendar year, we thought it would be a good time to explore beginnings. Scripture uses the phrase born again. What does that even mean? What, what is the process and the timing of that, and, and what difference does it make? From there, we will uh, go into further studying being human, being church. We are going to go into the book of Ezra, and we're going to study through the book of Ezra. Ezra was written at the time when the people of God, the Israelites, had been in exile, and Ezra is written when they are coming out of exile and returning to their home land and to their city, but the city was no longer like anything they left. It is a story about redemption and rest restoration. It's a story about hope and a future. Now, their context is particular, as all contexts are. But the parallels to our context are profound. After that, we're going into resurrection season. And if it is a lot like um, when you go to a mall, especially the first time, it's very helpful to go to the pavilion that has a map of the facility so you can get your orientation, where you are, and a sense of everything that is around you. That is our hope as we go into resurrection season and we have a series a covenant series where we are going to look at various covenants from Scripture that will provide us with the context of God's overall mission, His mission for His creation. And then it will also give us context for what it means to be human and church. After the resurrection season in this covenant series, our frequently asked questions will return. But we are going to fully lean in on this frequently asked questions. We're going to ask questions that young people and uh, parents and guardians of young people and single people want to know. So we're going to talk about sexuality. We're going to consider uh, intercourse outside of marriage and in marriage. Why and why not? And we're going to explore and unpack matters of emotion. Throughout the course of this next teaching year, we are going to have uh, involve more stories from people, more testimonies. We want to hear from people, and so that will happen quite frequently. We are going to practice different prayers and emphasis on prayer. Baptism and communion remain an important part of our church life. And a posture of humility and dialogue. I invite you, and I invite you to invite others into this posture where we ask questions sincerely, where we seek to understand, not argue to be right, and we open up space to attend to the Holy Spirit who is present. And now, to Him who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than we can ask or imagine. To Him be glory in this church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever.
Amen.